Welcome back, you guys. It's pretty late at night, so I'll be whispering most of today's, or in this case, tonight's episode, which is about Easter Island. You know, the place which is to the Easter Bunny what the North Pole is to Santa. The place where chocolate eggs originate from. The place that gives so many children hopes and joys every April. I'm just pulling on your leg. If you haven't been living under a rock, you'd know Easter Island as that island which is famed for its rock heads. They're called Moai to be more precise. It's fairly small, about only 179 square kilometers and is fairly isolated, about 2,250 miles northwest of Chile and 1,300 miles away from the closest island, Pitcairn. Mutiny of the Bounty. Back in the day, the island was beautiful and covered in trees, most famously the Jubea tree, but now it's mostly blank. So, what happened? As the story goes, around 800 to 900 AD, the Rapa Nui started to arrive from the west. Away, away, we set a course to find. I had to do that, sorry. Along with them, they brought chickens and rats for food. Side note, back in the day, there were about 25 or more seabirds and at least 6 land birds on Easter Island. It was covered with palm trees, mainly Jubea palms, which could grow up to 65 feet tall and a yard in diameter. Keep the tree and the species in mind. I honestly, I should have put that in the first paragraph, but I was too lazy to make the change, so I'm I'm just gonna leave that last weird bit about nature in it. Anyways, this island wasn't ideal. Strong winds would bring on the salt spray, and rainfall patterns were more of a mess than a pattern, which would mess with the agriculture. In fact, I wouldn't even call this island tropical per se, since it actually is just south of the tropics. But still, the Rapa Nui stayed on the island, since it couldn't have been all bad, right? Parts of the coastal plain were very well suited for growing taro, yam, sweet potato, and other crops. The moment the islanders arrived here, they supposedly started building moai, using the plants around them to weave ropes for moving the moai, which is where you get the walking moai legend. They feasted on fruits and the local animal population. The rabbi Nui made houses of wood, which they thatched with palm fronds. They made bark clothing and burned wood for firewood for cooking and heating in the winter which could go down to 50 Fahrenheit. They also built canoes and harpoons to hunt fish like tuna and the gorgeous, majestic creature known as a dolphin. So as you can see, wood was real valuable to the Rapa Nui people. So much, in fact, that the Polynesian word raku, meaning wealth, meant wood on Easter Island. By 1500, all the nearby poipos, poipos, 
purpose? I don't know, those dolphin-like creatures had been hunted, so the Rabbi Nui got on their boats and started hunting for dolphins offshore. As time went by, the once abundant seabirds and shellfish began to dwindle, and the birds eventually died out from rats stealing their eggs. Since most of you have probably read the Lorax, I assume that you assume that sooner or later bad stuff had to happen. In the middle of the second millennium AD, Easter Island was inhabited by about 10,000 to 20,000 people, and in the 600s, the civilization started to collapse. The Rabanui, out of desperation, went on a Moai-building frenzy and began clearing land for crops at an unheard-of rate. Due to the loss of so much vegetation, rainfall began to dwindle. At this point, the islanders were so hungry that they had resorted to cannibalism. Things started getting better for the Rapanui, but they went down south again when around Easter of 1722, a random Dutch explorer, Jacob Ragovine, I swear, I tried to learn the pronunciation, but my tongue was not working with me, entered the island. And you all probably know what happens when colonists are hurled into some random civilization. They start colonizing and catching people. Before Jacob and his crew could step too far into the island, guns were fired in the back, and twelve or so islanders were dead. His sailors claimed it was because the Rapa Nui were looking at them funny. Boy, why? This didn't sit too well for Jacob's crew, so stuff started to happen. People started to die from diseases, and in the 1860s, about a thousand Rapa Nui were taken from the island as slaves. By 1872, only 111 individuals were left. Finally, in 1888, the neighboring country of Chile annexed Easter Island. In present day, the Rapa Nui population has rebounded into the thousands. As for the trees, they weren't so lucky. All but one of the native trees of Easter Island, the Toromiro, were gone. And those Toromiro trees are located in Sweden, with the future plans of being sent back to Easter Island with the hopes of repopulating the island. Gee, I wonder where I've heard that story before. So that's it, right? That's the end of the story of the Rapa Nui, a civilization ravaged by the effects of ecocide, a bright example of the importance of protecting the environment, right? Well, yes, but actually, no. You see, in August of 2000, after some digging around on the white sand beaches of Anakina, Archaeologist the mighty Thor Heyerdahl and his buddy Carl P. Lippo discovered artifacts buried underneath the sand in the mud. This included charcoal fragments, Polynesian rat bones, and obsidian shards. Now, with carbon dating, this clears some things up. Contrary to what was mentioned before and popularly believed, the Polynesians actually came to Easter Island in 1,200. In 2005, these archaeologists confirmed the date to be 
1200, though through filtering out outliers and data from marine animals, since those were unreliable from the 45 pieces of radiocarbon dates. In fall of 2005, round two of the radiocarbon samples came in. These debunked several other myths. For one thing, the population of the Rapa Nui never grew beyond 3,000. For another, humans weren't completely to blame for the deforestation. Along with the artifacts discovered, so were infertile Jubea seeds. Like the deforestation of Iwa Plain on Oahu from 900 to 1100, Archaeologists believe that rats were what caused the deforestation. Unbeknownst to the Polynesians who originally brought rats over for dinner, these rats feasted on the seeds of these palm trees. Even the smallest bite from a rat would prevent a seed from germinating. And these rats would eventually multiply to around 1.9 million and only begun to decline after the Europeans introduced their own rats on the island. So yeah, that's another random bit of historical knowledge learned. And in conclusion, be nice to trees. Thanks for listening to today's tonight's tonight's episode and we'll see you all next time bye let it grow let it grow